Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. I hope you've been enjoying this beautiful weather we've been having. Wow, praise God. A lot of beautiful blue skies, cool mornings, warm afternoons. You just can't beat this time of year in South Alabama. Well, I hope you're all doing well this morning and ready to dive back into God's Word. Get yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your favorite drink is in the morning, and let's dive into the Word. I've just finished up some Dakota Sumatran coffee, which is my favorite, so I am ready to roll. Praise God. We're going to continue the 50 Commands of Christ. We're going to start out on number 39 today. And again, just as a refresher, we've been going through these 50 commands each week. And the reason why it's so important, because these are commands from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this great commission tells us, part of it says to teach others what he has taught us. So we need to know what he's teaching us. Therefore, we can teach it to others. If you have missed any of the 50 Commands of Christ series, you can go back on our podcast and listen to them. The Love and Action podcast is available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can probably find the Love and Action podcast there. And now let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for another day, another day you've given us breath in our lungs that we can get up this morning. And Lord, I just pray, God, that we will take this time to not only read your word, but Lord, to let your word just soak into our hearts and be doers of your word and not hearers only. Jesus, you give us these wonderful commands, and they're for our good, and they bring you glory, Father God. So Lord, help us to learn them so we can live them and so we can teach them to others. Father God, I just lift up everybody listening today. Ask your blessings upon them. God, you know each and every individual need, and we just lift them up to you, Father God. And if anyone's listening that has not given their lives to you, oh God, I pray today will be the day. They call out to you, Jesus, for all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Father, we just thank you again for this day. Thank you again for your word. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's look at command number 39 out of the 50 commands of Christ. And this one is render unto Caesar. Let's read Matthew chapter 22, verses 17 through 21. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius, a day's wages for a laborer. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Here the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus once again. They were always trying to trick him into something, to catch him in something that they could go to Rome with and tell them Jesus needs to be arrested, but they always failed. But here they said to Jesus, Teacher, we know that you are honest. You teach the truth about what God wants people to do, and you treat everyone with the same respect, no matter who they are. Tell us what you think. Should we pay taxes to the emperor or not? So they're asking Jesus. They're trying to trip him up here. But Jesus, as we just read, told him, let me see that coin. And he looked at it and said, whose inscription is this? And they said, Caesar's. He said, well, then you pay unto Caesar's what is Caesar's, and you give unto God what is God's. Now here's where they thought they could trip Jesus up. The denarius uh, was a silver coin. 
and it was a value of a day's wage for a Roman soldier. And the coins were minted under the emperor's authority since only he could issue gold and silver coins. And the denarius of Jesus' day was minted in Tiberias. And on one side, there was an image of the emperor's face, and the other featured an engraving of him sitting on a throne in priestly robes. Now the Jews, they considered such images idolatry and forbidden by the second commandment in Exodus chapter 20 verses 4, which made this tax and these coins doubly offensive to the Jews. Now suppose when Jesus responded to the Pharisees, he had said something like, no, you should never give tribute unto Caesar. Don't pay your taxes. If he had said this, what would his enemies have done? They would have ran straight to the Roman authorities, wouldn't they? The exact same people that they did not like who gave this offensive tax to them, they would have ran straight to them and turned Jesus in. What would the Roman authorities have said about this? think they would have been happy that this Jewish teacher who had started having a big following was telling people not to pay their taxes? No, they wouldn't be happy at all. It'd be like somebody standing up and saying, look, let's don't pay taxes to the American government. The IRS would not look favorable upon that, would they? So Jesus was telling them, look, you give to Caesar what belongs to him, and you give to God what belongs to God. He made it very clear. There's no gray area there. So let's think about how can we give to Caesar today? We don't call him Caesar, do we call him Uncle Sam? We we give a lot to Uncle Sam. Every time we pay taxes, whether it's through payroll taxes, it's through sales tax, when we purchase something each and every year, there's a tax deadline, right? So we need to be honest and pay those taxes. I don't know anybody who enjoys paying taxes, but we do receive some benefits from that, don't we? But still, nobody really likes to pay taxes. But we need to be honest when we file our taxes. God will bless that. We don't need to cheat on any tax return or anything that deals with taxes. We need to pay our taxes because Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. As Americans, we need to give to the government what is the government's. And we give to God what is God. Well, everything is God's, right? What's our responsibility to God? Our responsibility to God is to live for him, give for his glory, and live this life to bring glory to him, to tell others about Jesus, to tell others about the salvation they can receive through Jesus Christ and to make disciples. What's our responsibility to the leaders of this country? We need to pray for them. Now, I know when it comes to politics, everybody does not like everybody. (laughs) You have Republicans, you have Democrats, you have Libertarians and so forth. So you're not always going to agree with each other in politics. But we are commanded by God to pray for our leaders So we need to. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for those in Congress. We need to pray for our mayor and city council members and county commission members and everybody who's in authority. We need to pray for them. Do they all deserve our respect and loyalty? Well, let's see what the Word says about that. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 and 14. Peter writes, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise to those who do good. Now you have to remember, Peter is writing this as the Romans rule over Israel, over Jerusalem. And Romans were very hard on the Jews. And of course, we know they persecuted 
Christians. The, the Roman soldiers were the ones who nailed Jesus to the cross. So Peter's not talking about a very nice government here. So no matter what we think about our government or the leaders of our government, we are to be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. That means we need to give unto Uncle Sam what's Uncle Sam's. And we need to show respect to those who are leading us. Now, in this day and age, that's not very popular teaching. I probably wouldn't get too many amens if I was standing in a church preaching right now when I say that. But that's the Word of God. And so we need to obey what the Word of God is telling us. And I mentioned about praying for our leaders. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Paul writes, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that they may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, Paul is writing this as the Romans have put him in prison. He's been in a Roman prison time and time again. We know he ends up being put to death, being martyred by Romans. But still he is saying we need to pray for these leaders. So again, no matter what we think about whoever the president or in Congress now or after the next election, we need to pray for them. When I teach this face-to-face -face with people, this, this is hard for some people because they, they have such feelings about political parties and whatnot. But we can't be like that. We need to pray. We need to show respect. And why? Well, look at verse 4 there that we just read out of 1 Timothy. Who desire, talking about God, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So how can we lead somebody to the Lord if we hate them? We can't. And we can't be a believer, a follower of Christ if we hate somebody. Because he clearly tells us not to hate people. He tells us to love each other. So we need to show respect. It don't mean that we agree with every politician out there, but we need to pray for them because how are we going to reach people if we're showing hatred? If you're a Republican and you're showing hatred towards a Democrat, then your Democratic friends are going to say, hey, I don't really want anything to do with you or with that Jesus you serve or the other way around. We need to show love. We need to show respect because we need to reach everybody. It doesn't matter what their political affiliation is or anything. Jesus died for all of us. So let's pray for our leaders. Let's show respect to them. Again, that doesn't mean we agree with everybody, but we need to show love. We need to show respect, and we need to treat people with kindness. We are truly blessed to live in America, aren't we? I know it's messed up. There's a lot of messed up things with this country right now, but it's still the greatest country to live in. And I've been in many other countries. And actually, I love going to these other countries because I love sharing Jesus with everyone, especially those who have never heard the gospel. But they do not enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. So we need to make sure we're a thankful people, too. We need to be thankful for those who have fought for our freedom, the servicemen and women in each branch of the military who have protected our freedoms, who have died for this country, and those who are serving now, we need to keep them lifted up in prayer. They're leaders as well, and they are leading in the protection of this country. So we have a lot of responsibility to our own country, and a lot of that has to do with prayer, treating each other with respect, 
and treating each other with kindness and with love and to be thankful. We need to be thankful. And let's think about our responsibility to God, which is most important of all. We need to be reading his word. How are we going to know his word if we don't read it? So many Christians in America have multiple Bibles in their houses, yet never open one of them. And that's, that's not right. That's not good. We need to be in his word so we can know his word. That, that's a responsibility we have to God is to read his word and to obey his word. Like James tells us, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word as well. And let's live this life for his glory. That's our responsibility to him, to live for his glory, to tell others about Jesus and to make disciples. That's what is expected of us as believers. It's not about salvation of works, but those works are a result of the salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ. And when we have experienced Jesus, we can't help but to want to live for him, to bring him glory, to tell others about him, and to make disciples as he commands us to. God has done everything for us. We need to return thanks unto him and be thankful each and every day of our lives, even through the tough times. We need to be thankful because we know he's already given us the ultimate victory of salvation, eternal life with him in paradise and heaven. Even in the tough times, we need to be thankful. In the good times, we don't need to forget them. That happens way too much. When things are going good, things are going good because God made it happen. So let's be thankful in the good times and in the bad times, and let's live this life for him. Command number 40, love the Lord. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The Pharisees were once again trying to trip Jesus up. And this time they sent a lawyer to him who was also a Pharisee. If we back up just a few verses here, we see where the lawyer, the Pharisee, Ask Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said, this is the first and great commandment. Commandment number 41 we're going to look at next is what Jesus calls the second of the top two commands. And so we'll hold off on that for a moment. But just to set it in context of what was going on here, they were trying to trip Jesus up and asked him what was the greatest commandment. And he told them about loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, was this a new commandment? Well, let's look at back in the Old Testament at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Sounds just the same, doesn't it? <laughs> because it is. So this is not a new commandment. This is a commandment that was around way, way, way before this scene took place in the New Testament. But Jesus is reiterating it. He says, we got to love God with all that's within us. And when you hear this command to love God, let me ask you this. How do you picture God? How do you think of God? Do you think of him as a benevolent old grandfather or a mighty king on a throne surrounded by angels? Or do you think of him as he calls himself, I am who I am, or an angry and jealous God? Or do you think of him as a God who has forgiven and forgotten my sins? or a God who created me and loves me, or something else. How do you think about God? How do you view God? Because how we view him is how we're going to serve him, how we're going to love him. 
When I view God, I view God. He is the most high God. He's the one and only God. He is the great creator of heaven and earth and all that's within it. He's the one who sent his son to die for my sins, and he's forgiven my sins and has forgotten them. He's the one who raised Jesus back to life from the dead. So all who believe shall not perish but have eternal life. I see God as the loving Father, full of mercy, full of grace, full of love. And how can we show our love to Jesus? Because he talks about we're to love him, right? So how do we show our love for Jesus? The Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments. So how are we to show our love for Jesus? By keeping what he commands us, by keeping his commandments. That's why it's so important to do the study of the 50 commands of Christ so we'll know our Lord's commandments, so we can obey them, so we can live like he wants us to live. When we talk about loving someone, let's think about your mother, your father, brother or sister, your spouse. How do you show love to your family members like that? And by the way, if you have an anniversary coming up, husbands and wives, a great opportunity to show your love for each other. But it's not just one time a year, is it? I'm married. Martha and I just celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary. And if we only showed each other that we love each other once a year, then that would just have been 17 times. But we show each other every day. We tell each other every day. She hears from me and I hear from her the words, I love you, many times a day. And we also show it through actions for one another. It's important to support one another, be there for one another, and show our love for each other. So we must do the same for God, and even more so, shouldn't we? Because God, he's the one who created us. God, he's the one who sent his son to die for our sins. So how much more are we to show our love for God? Jesus tells us to keep his commandments. So we need to do that. We need to be in his word. God gave us his word. And what an awesome way to show that we love God by taking his word and reading it. And not just reading it, but applying it to our lives. Letting our Father, our Abba Father, know that, God, I have your word. Father, I want to obey you. I want to live this life for you. You gave me life. I want to live it for you. And I want to do everything that you want me to do. And I thank you that I'm going to live forever with you and get to show my thanks to you forever and ever and ever. What an awesome God we serve. If we can't love each other, though, how can we love God? The scripture tells us that. We can't hate one another who we see, yet love God who we haven't seen. So another way of showing our love for God is to love each other. And that's going to lead us into the 41st command, love your neighbor. Let's read Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So as we just read about Jesus saying to the Pharisee, to the lawyer, that the first and the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind. Then he tells us that the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus says, these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. So if we get these two right, we take care of everything else. Because if we love God, we're going to obey his commands. If we love one another, then we're going to do what God's wanting us to do, to love each other, not to hate anyone, but to love and to show forth his grace and mercy to others like he has shown it to us. 
And if we can just keep those two, and just think about this world, if we could just keep those two commands, love God, love our neighbors, love God, love people. We hear that a lot here on the Joy FM. If we could get that right, what a different world this would be. And that's why as followers of Christ, we need to get it right because Jesus can work through us to change things in our community and in our world. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So see, the same command was back there in Leviticus in the Old Testament. God is telling us very clearly in his word, Old Testament, New Testament, love him and love our neighbors as ourselves. And again, if we could get those two things right, what an awesome world this would be. We're talking about love our neighbor. Well, who is our neighbor? A Jewish expert in the law asked Jesus that question. And let's read about that in Luke chapter 10, verses 29 through 37. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. The story of the good Samaritan that Jesus shared here, such a powerful story, and many sermons have been preached from this, and I won't preach a sermon on it right now, but Jesus shows us who is our neighbor, everyone we come across, not just somebody you live next door to, but everyone you meet, that's your neighbor. And Jesus says to love that person. So we're to love everyone. Jesus uses this example to make many points. You would think that a priest would stop and help the man, wouldn't you? But he didn't. You would think a Levi, a Levite would stop and help the man, but he didn't. But Jesus said a Samaritan did. Now, Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Jews did not want to be around Samaritans. They considered them unclean. So for Jesus to point out that the Samaritan did the right thing was big. Jesus is speaking to a lot of things right here. He's speaking to racism. He's speaking to social justice. And he used this Samaritan as an example of one who loved his neighbor by taking care of the person, by helping him up and getting him to a place where he would be safe and, and by binding up his wounds and giving the innkeeper money, two days wages actually, to take care of this man. And then he said, hey, if you spend more than that, I'm going to pay you back for that too. So the Samaritan showed mercy. Just like Jesus told that Pharisee, He's telling us, 
you go and do likewise. So we need to go and do likewise, love one another, show mercy, show grace to one another. And when we do that, we are doing exactly what Jesus did, exactly what Jesus wants us to do. So let's be sure that we are obeying Jesus by loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And let's be sure that we are loving our neighbor as ourselves. At Love in Action, we make that a top priority of loving God with all that's within us and to love our neighbor. And if you would like to join us in showing love to the homeless, to those who are just in need, come and join us. It's a great opportunity to learn how to love one another through serving one another. And as a matter of fact, coming up Thanksgiving Day is a wonderful opportunity. We always have a lot of volunteers come out on Thanksgiving Day where we will be serving a Thanksgiving dinner at Love and Action. It's going to be a drive-through, a walk-through type of dinner where we will prepare the plates and hand them out to our homeless friends and those who who are just in need. And then we also take food out to different parts of our community because there's a number of areas where people just can't get out. They can't come downtown to Love and Action to get a meal. But they're going to go without a meal if we don't go to them. So it's an opportunity to go with us into probably parts of our community you haven't been before, or many haven't been before, and to show love and kindness to our neighbors. And what an awesome example of God's love that is, because people understand that Thanksgiving Day is a day traditionally where people stay at home, where they go and visit family members, and they spend that day eating and enjoying each other's company. But we take a good part of that day, and we go out and show love to our neighbors, and it means a lot. And we've seen souls saved through this. A lot of seeds of the gospel are planted and it's just an awesome opportunity. And if you would like to come out, just come to Love and Action around 9.30 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. We are located at 279 West Main Street in downtown Dothan. If you know where First Baptist is located in downtown Dothan, we're kind of catty-cornered from them, diagonally across the street there from First Baptist. So come out and join us. We'd love to have you. Uh, families come out, mother, dad kids. It's a great day, great opportunity to serve and to show love to our neighbors. And if you'd like to come out and volunteer anytime, I encourage you to go to our website, loveinactionministries.com and check it out. See what all we do and see where you would like to come out and join us. Our schedule, our weekly schedule is on the website. So just scroll across the menu and you'll see weekly schedule and click on that. And you'll see on Tuesdays and Thursdays that we're there on campus serving food, hot meals to people, helping folks through our food pantry and hygiene pantry, our clothing rooms. It's opportunity to, to just talk with folks and just, again, plant seeds, plant the seeds of gospel of Jesus Christ in people's hearts. Pray with people. We wash clothes for our homeless. Our homeless friends come in and they take showers as well on those days. And it's just a great opportunity to come out and serve in different capacities. There, there's different areas that people can serve in, and we'd love to have you come and join us. There's a volunteer information form. If you could fill that out online, it's not a requirement, but if you can, that, that's a big help. You can, again, go to loveinactionministries.com, and you'll see that 
it's an online form that you can fill out. But come and join us. On Wednesdays and Fridays, we do outreaches. And also on Saturday afternoons, the first three Saturdays of each month, we are on campus for a couple of hours, and then we do outreach. And we go into parts of our community. It's, sometimes it's the low-rent motels we go to, and other times there's different mobile home parks that we go to, apartment complexes that we go to, people who are in need of, first of all, love, just to know that they're loved, and secondly, in need of help for food, whether it's a hot meal or a bag of groceries. Again, just showing the love of God to our neighbors. would invite you to come out and join us for that as well. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Our office number is 334-494-4995. Again, check out our website, loveinactionministries.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook. We do a lot of updates on Facebook, so to keep up to date with what God is doing through Love in Action and what's coming up, check us out on Facebook as well. But most importantly, just thank God for what he's doing in our community and around the world. God is reaching people. He's showing so many people how much he loves them. Souls are being saved, and we just give him all the praise, honor, and glory for that. Well, I thank you for joining me this morning, and I pray you have a great rest of the day, a wonderful week coming up. Remember, Jesus loves you, and may God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.